Blog Talk Radio. With your host, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Mike, I, I tell you, I just asked for you to come to the podcast one night, just one night where we can just talk fantasy and leave baseball behind. Dude, I don't want to talk about baseball on this show. This is not a baseball show. This show started with you and I back and forth, Louisville versus Kentucky, and then we started uh-huh. in the fantasy football, and it's been that way ever since. So don't try changing it now with your fantasy baseball talk. Leave that to the other shows, dude. I don't want to hear I don't want to know. I don't want to know. He struck out. He did strike no. out, but that's a good thing because nobody, I had the pitcher. And, and nobody cares about your team. Just, you know, you ought to wear that shirt. I don't care about your team, right? Your your baseball team means nothing. Now, it, your rotable team, your your world championship team, any of those, I want to hear about that because I, I want to I, see how you're doing. If you're if you're eight and two in the world championship, maybe I'm going to listen to your opinion. When it, when it comes oh, time to press time, and, and I need validation on Sunday morning. Oh, I will be 8-2. I'll be 8-2 in every league I'm in. But the bottom line is that uh, there's a lot of people that are listening right now that they might care just a smidgen when it's Maybe. June 13th about my fantasy baseball team because it's looking good. Hello, everybody, hey, and good, welcome to another to episode of Red vs. Blue Friday Night Football, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the World of High Stakes Fantasy Football, as always joined by the Big Blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mikey, it was a big day here at FF Toolbox. Uh, the scout the announcement was made today across the, uh, the FF Toolbox uh, website, and the web pretty much just... Uh, gave us a lot of good words and kind words about joining the Scout Network. We're really excited about it. Scout brings a lot to the table, over 300 websites. They're bringing you all the NCAA, all the recruiting, the college fanatics, the NFL pros, uh, the NFL pro message boards and the forums there for each team. It's just a real good opportunity to make fantasy football mainstream, the world of high-stakes fantasy football mainstream. And we're really excited about it, Mike. Uh, It's it's all yep. happening, all so fast and all so quick. Lots of changes going on on the Toolbox website already just started today, and we're like, wow, can it go any faster? But, but it is. It's pretty exciting, man, just to be going through it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. I've already uh, checked it out. Uh, you know, there's uh, 
some different navigations to go through. But, uh, man, things look good. Uh, there's nothing like upgrading and uh, going in the right direction, going in, in the direction you want to go, and uh, making things better for uh, for the, for the, uh, the entire industry, basically, not just yourself, but the entire industry. But uh, it sounds like uh, sounds like you guys, uh, Ian and Emil and Cindy, uh, yourself, you're uh, you know you're laying the you're laying the groundwork for something that is going to be something special. Well, look, what we're most excited about is we're going to have access, and I've already talked to Joel Cox uh, from uh, one of, one of the leaders in the Scout organization. He says, Scott, whenever you want somebody on your podcast, on your shows, you let me know. We can have them on in an instant. I was like, you know what, I should have I called him up uh, today and yeah. said, hey, I want somebody on to talk about Jordan Matthews because we want to talk about Jordan Matthews tonight. We're already hearing that he's the best receiver in the Eagles camp. And I mean, look, every, there, were, there were some sites out there that said that Jordan Matthews had them as their number one wide receiver. If you go over to the DynastyLeagueFootball.com site, that's our partners, our Dynasty partners, the DLF guys. Uh, they really know their stuff on Dynasty they, uh, there, were, there were some guys there that liked Jordan Matthews, and we're talking above Sammy Watkins, ab- above Mike Evans, and we're wow. already talking Evans. that on the 7-7 seven seven drills, you know, uh, you know, and again, Sanchez is the backup quarterback here, but he's throwing, he's throwing towards rookie uh, Jordan Matthews. The throw was behind Matthews, but he was able to turn his body around, grab the ball with one hand, keep his feet inbounds, first down Eagles. This is the type of player that they, they needed in this draft, right? After letting uh, Deshaun Jackson go, Jeremy Macklin has the injury history. He is a comeback candidate. Uh, we're going to talk about him tonight. But Jordan Matthews has this, this little flair of something kind of special going on. I, the other guys do too. It's such a loaded receiver class, Mike. We have to consider yep. drafting these guys uh, because we don't know, though. The history of receivers breaking out, even the Calvin Johnsons, it's very hard to predict if they're going to do it this year, right? I, I, we know it's going to happen eventually. We, we feel like there's a very good shot for Jordan Matthews, Brandon Cooks, Watkins, and all these guys, Evans, to do well, uh, and Beckham, to do well at some point in their career, year two, maybe year three. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey had a fantastic year two. But to predict it in year one, it's very hard to do. So unless you're a dynasty guy, uh, you know, you – you're probably not too stoked about drafting Jordan Matthews, but there's opportunity, there's talent, uh, there's pedigree, everything in the package for Jordan Matthews. Pretty excited about this kid. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. And, you know, I don't think there's a risk uh, as far as uh, taking those guys. However, I would say, that, you know, if you're going to take somebody, uh, you know, like the first, uh, like your Evans and uh, uh, Sammy Watkins, I don't yeah. think there's a risk at all taking those guys uh, but uh, when you're talking Jordan Matthews once it starts to fall a little bit which he really didn't fall but once you start taking them about mid-pack there uh, it's like well am I really taking a risk or not well a lot of times you probably are not especially in this game in the way the game has evolved into such a passing happy game so uh you know, I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what uh, Jordan Matthews does. Uh, I don't think it's a risk. Good shot. Keenan Allen was the top wide receiver, the rookie, top rookie wide receiver last year, right, if I recall correctly. He finished at number yeah. 18, wide receiver 18 last year. Uh, it's very hard. And, and, again, he was heating up at the end of the year. So he was a nice guy to have. He didn't break out early. 
but he broke out late, and he really started to turn it on. Then you look at Corderell Patterson, another top wide receiver from the class last year, finished as wide receiver 39. Mike, that's not even a wide receiver three status in our 12-team leagues. So, again, he started coming on late. He'll probably have a much better year, too. You look at guys like Terrence Williams at wide receiver 45 last year. I mean, these were your your top guys. DeAndre Hopkins was arguably the top receiver coming into last year, uh, and he finished as wide receiver 49. So, again, uh, Tavon Austin was another name, wide receiver 53, not even a, a wide receiver four that you could start on any given week. Now, he had a couple of good weeks, so we will be interested in seeing what these guys do in year two. But my point was, they're talking about Jordan Matthews being the best receiver. Fantasy-wise, in a redraft, you really can't go into it expecting no. Uh, no. expecting him to, to really go at it this year. But late in the season, these guys can be difference makers, right? They can be difference yep. makers just like Keenan Allen. Once he finally got into his groove, you saw that. So the question that everybody needs to ask themselves is, is it worth passing on a player that can get you production all year, right, in the fantasy spot, versus a guy that you're probably going to have to hold on to in the early part of the year and then come back and grab later uh, or where, where he's able to be valuable later in the year, like your last four and five and six weeks, and it's still a big risk. So you're talking about uh, a redraft, a redraft for uh, Jordan Matthews, right. something like that. Yep. You know, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's a perfect spot. You know, you know, if you've got everything filled up at uh, runabout, quarterback, uh uh, tight end, uh, and then you've got your wide receivers. You got your yeah. wide receiver one, two. It's like yeah. okay, well, why not take a flyer on this guy instead of maybe a veteran or somebody somebody else? It's like eh, I'm not so let me, sure. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me show you. And that's good. That's what. That's what I want to bring up, Mike. Let me show you where he's going in ADP. In ADP world, he's going as wide receiver forty three. Now you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. Wow. Emmanuel Sanders is going as wide receiver 40. Wow. That's a big – it's a colossal mistake on the part of the yep. fantasy community right now. Now, I know, it's only, I know it's only June. I know it's only June. I expect Emmanuel Sanders' uh, draft stock to go much higher as the year progresses. It will. When people start yep. to actually realize that he's a talented kid, he's very physically gifted, he did pretty well with what was asked of him with Roethlisberger – and he's going to be in a much better situation with Peyton. It's very shocking. But anyway, Sanders at 40, Knicks at 41. Then you have Kelvin Benjamin at Carolina and Jordan Matthews at 42 and 43. So there they are, Odell Beckham at 45. <clears throat> You've got Cecil Shorts at 44, Justin Hunter at 46, Reggie Wayne at 47, guys like Riley Cooper at 49 and Dwayne Bow at 50. So these are the – this is the type of decision that you have when you're trying to get your ninth or tenth guy on your team. Now, Mike, it's important to know that when you're playing the world championship format, that, which is now the scout fantasy format for the masses, uh, it's a deeper lineup. It's an 11-man starting lineup. So most leagues in your traditional fantasy leagues, you, you don't start that many. But here you do because we, it's yeah. all about the draft, right? We don't want you, you – know, you know how this goes, Mike. In your home leagues, when you're only starting eight or nine guys, you know what happens. And when you're only drafting 16 rounds, you know what happens. Yeah. After week, after week one, players break out, and then week two, they scoop them up on the waiver wire. You're like, well, what skill is there in that? You already saw him break out, and you had, you had the worst team week one, and so now you've got a nice gift. 
you got the best breakout player that we couldn't draft in week one because we only drafted 16 players deep. That's not how it is here at the World Championships. In the scout fantasy format, you're drafting deep, and you're taking these guys that you're hearing about in the summer and the offseason, and you're taking a shot on them so that you can have them on your bench. You don't have to start them week one, but you have them. Right. And you're going to have them on your team, well, and you get to distance yourself uh, from the guys that maybe were traditionally scooping these guys on the waiver wire. Yeah, and the best thing about the uh, 11-man starting lineup uh, with the uh, scout format and uh, FF Toolbox, which is now scout, but the best the best thing about it is, you know, it seems like for years and years you always had that one player that, man, I'd love to plug him in. I'd love to put him in. Well, you can now. You can, you can put him in. 11-man starting lineup, and uh, you're good to go. That is the uh, interesting part. But, again, you're taking a Jordan Matthews at the ADP of 107 right now, 107. So that puts you at about the end of the, you know, that's somewhere in the ninth round, right? Uh, 12 times 10 would be 120, so 12 times 9, right? So you're, you're, you're under that. He won't, he won't, he won't uh, be there in two months. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're in the ninth round somewhere with Jordan Matthews, and again, it's it's because right of, now, of yeah. his role. And it's interesting that they're drafting him before they're drafting Riley Cooper, who they gave the big contract to. So it's interesting. I think we get carried away with the rookies a little bit, but yep. you know, look, uh, it's uh, it's still interesting. It's nice to be able to look at a guy and say, man, during tra- team drills, this guy four four forty times. He's faster than Riley Cooper. Um, He's definitely bigger than Jeremy Macklin at six three two twelve. He's twenty pounds bigger than than Macklin, right? So it's it's just an interesting yeah, situation. But, you know that he's going to fit into the Chip Kelly offense, and he's probably going to thrive. I don't know. I'm not predicting a, a, a year one breakout, but I think by the time week twelve, week thirteen, when you need him, if and that's the thing, you have to spend a ninth round pick on him to get him right now. Maybe by the time the the season starts, Mike, maybe eighth. That means you're giving up a starter in your lineup, and that means week one you're not going to have it. You're going to count on a rookie. Otherwise, you're going to have to take one later in the draft. No, honestly, Scott, you're you're not giving up on anything. If if you're able to get him right around there, uh, ninth, tenth, eleventh round, you're you're really not giving up on anything because what would you normally pick in the ninth, tenth, eleventh round? A flyer running back, a flyer wide receiver. Here we go. Okay, well, why not? Why not take him? I like if, if that's your guy, I'm if that's just, who you want, then go get him. I'm just playing devil's advocate for everybody at home. Look, I, you know how I draft, Mike. I do. I go for the upside. Yep. I, I draft for the upside, and then I uh, at, at about that point, right? I'm I'm not uh, I am I'm not I'm taking calculated risks. I'm not I'm not taking guys that are just complete unknowns. I do want to make sure that the guy I'm getting is a focal point of the offense and it's not a flyer. But let's face it. Let's talk about the next guy, Christine Michael. If you want Christine Michael this year, guess what? His draft stock is going to go up. On these rumors that Marshawn Lynch is not happy and that he's considered retirement, uh, if this continues like this, right, Christine Michael, is going, his stock is going to go up. He's already being drafted as the 31st running back off the board. I could see him going above the guys like Frank Gore. I would not take him before a guy like Rashad Jennings. Uh, he's going at RB28. That's way too low for Rashad Jennings. I know you like Rashad Jennings. Way too low for Rashad Jennings ADP. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and put the ADP in the chat room. By the way, the crew here, the chat room at Red versus Blue, some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. Thank you for being here. Get paddled, Henry Muto. 
IPS driver as always, Paul Theoret, the Dynasty Football World Champion, the Dr. Evil, Frank Shinnick, a.k.a. Bright Side of Life is with us. And, and we're going to try to talk some Dynasty tonight, but thank you for being here tonight. We appreciate it. And, Mike, my point is with Christine Michael, he's a swing for the fences guy. He might not get you hardly anything, just like last year. Uh, but you, if, if there is anything that happens to Marshawn Lynch, it reminds me of Larry Johnson. Do you remember when Larry Johnson was backing up Priest Holmes and Absolutely. everybody said, you can't draft Larry Johnson? Because I remember Alex, Alex Kaganowski from the FFPC. This is when we were yep. kind of friends, right? Uh, he would tell me, yep. he said, he was, he, this was back in the day, he was like, you can't draft Larry Johnson because you're, you're giving up a starter and you have to take him in the fifth round. Do you remember this? Because Priest was a first-round running back. And they were talking about Larry Johnson getting carries, and he, you had to take him in the fifth round. He's like, you can't do that. Well, guess what? Priest Holmes went down early. The guys that got Priest Holmes or the guys that got Larry Johnson in the fifth round had a first-round talent that they were able to yep. scoop up. Uh, yep. So it and can work, but it's not a guarantee to work. No, it's not a guarantee. But, uh, Christine, uh, Michael, I, I mean, I really like this kid. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't think I would go ahead and do it this year, I, I I just don't think I can because Marshawn is, I mean, when's the last time he got injured? Right. Well, and, and so. the question is, is there any is there any validity uh, to these rumors uh, that Marshawn Lynch uh, considers yeah. retirement? Now, look, uh, you well, know, uh, Pete, Pete I don't, I don't take care of that. Happening. Yeah. 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 Now, look, it's June. We don't have anything else to talk about. He just turned twenty eight in April. Uh, he 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns, three straight seasons. One of the better backs of the, of the last few years. He's on a very successful team. He still has a couple of good years left, you know. But we have seen backs go away early. Barry Sanders, Robert Smith, yeah. Mendenhall, you know, not, uh, not to put Mendenhall in that group, but when Robert Smith and Barry Sanders both walked yeah. away, it was like, whoa, what are you doing? Too early. Too early. So, Look, he's scheduled to earn $10.5 million over the next two seasons. Uh, millions on the table in bonus money. He's not going anywhere. But, man, I no. love Christine Michael. I just wish there was an opportunity for this kid somehow, some way on the field. I just hope it's not through injury. I don't want to see any, any injury happen. But no. the bottom line no. is this. The upside that that guy has, you're getting a, what we believe to be a force, a fierce running back that just needs a chance. And they were very smart to draft him. I mean, man, they're just going to have to sit on him for a while. Sure. And once he gets on the field, dude, this is going to be pretty exciting to see. No, it's not that they have to sit on him for a while. They're going to have to sit on him for about uh, two years, and that's it. He's going to learn a lot of things under Marshawn. He's going to learn a lot of things under Pete Carroll because uh, that team is, I mean, they've evolved into – well, I can't say a dynasty, but they've evolved into some type of team. And uh, you, you better watch it because uh, they're going to be very special because Christine Michael where, is going to follow right behind uh, Marshall Lynch. Where is the buzzometer sitting at tonight, Mike? Where Scale of 1 to 10, where, where is the buzzometer? Five. It's a solid five. Okay. <laughs> we got a five. All right. Well, this is uh, – this, this is one of those shows that we're not uh, we're not playing the secret word tonight. We're not we're not playing the secret word tonight. I'm playing the secret word. Yeah, the secret word is America's funnest newest game show. 
we, 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 we choose a no, secret no, word, no. and when, when we say it on the show, then uh, you have to take a drink with yep. Mikey. But, Mikey, I, you know, I have not even started yet. It's, uh, it's Friday the 13th. I I'm a little superstitious. I don't, I don't, I don't, um, I, I don't uh, you know, walk over the cracks and count my steps on the on the sidewalk. I'm not OCD no, about I, it. I, I don't, I don't, I don't do none of that. But Scott, real quick, I, I am playing a secret word with you. Now, can I do it with you? I don't, I don't, I don't know what you mean. How, how would you, how would you do the secret word? You, you're gonna, you're not supposed you to. You lay know the, the phone word. down. The game is... You lay the oh, phone down, down and I'll let her. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, wait. Wait a second. Right. We'll, we'll we'll play this just give me, because. Give me thirty. Um, it's, give me thirty seconds. It's just. Okay. Let me let me find it. I, I wasn't ready for this. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll lay the phone down. All right. The secret word is upside. Upside. It's already said it four times. The secret word is upside. All right, Scott. Should be good. Okay. Should be good. We're done? Done? Are we done? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Okay. Appreciate right. it, man. So, so yeah, whenever anybody says the secret word, or if I say the secret word, then everybody has to take a drink at home. Okay. So, yep. uh, here we go. This is supposed to be a comeback candidate show, but I want to bring on a guest for this evening first. Uh, I believe this is Frank Shinnick, the bright side of life from the Dynasty Football World Championship League. Uh, Frank, are, can you hear me okay? I can't. You 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 can or can't? No, I can. I can hear you. I hear Frank fine. Oh, okay. We can all, we can hear each other. Well, welcome to Red versus Blue, Frank. You making your debut on the show? It's good to have you here. You're very active in this Dynasty Football World Championship League. Thank you for being such a big part of this. The website has been making tremendous progress thanks to your guys' feedback. I think it's I think it's really doing well. Uh, we've, we've made a lot of big strides, thanks to you. You guys are trading machines. I've never seen a, a, a league of guys, and li- literally, I'm in 12 dynasty leagues, okay? I'm an addict, too, just like you guys. But I've never seen a league that is more active in trades than some of you guys in the Dynasty World Championship. What's going on over there? Well, uh, first of all, I want to say thank you uh, to you and Mike for uh, having me call in. Uh, I, I appreciate it. Uh, of course. I really didn't know what to expect. This is my first dynasty draft, and uh, I'm having a blast. This is this is a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, the awesome startup drafts are, yeah, are very uh, the, the, the startup drafts are very uh, memorable. They 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 the, the slow clocks that we have. We have a 12 hour clock, so it allows you the opportunity to wheel and deal while you're on the clock, Mike. You remember that? It's and and we want you yep. to enjoy it. We want it to draw out. We don't want everybody to just pick right when they're on the clock. Right now, you guys are in the seventh round, and I did a count. Okay, so there's there's been 74 picks so far in this draft, Mike, and I think we're we're somewhere around 47 of those picks have been traded to somebody else to make that pick. Now that's just incredible. But Frank, talk to us about what you've done in this draft and how you've went about it here. You you came you came about and you had a pick on the clock. You had the sixth pick, and you traded out of it, and somebody took Calvin Johnson. I mean, that's got to sting a little bit. You you could have had Calvin on your team. Yeah, uh, I guess my philosophy is I'm, I'm, uh, you know, Calvin Johnson. Obviously, he's a he, he's a great player, but I'm, you know, I'm looking to acquire picks. I'm build, I'm trying to build build my team for next year and the year after. You know, a team a team that's gonna that's gonna compete uh, in in the years ahead. 
Uh, so, you know, I, I'm, I've, I've been looking to acquire picks, and uh, I, I can't believe I, I've already made 16 trades. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's really a blast. And I, and I think I'm, I'm uh, building myself a good team, and uh, i got a lot of picks to make. And, uh, and you know, like I said, this, this, is, this is really a lot of fun. Mike, I want to I want to uh, run the picks by you and and have you ask Frank a question because I'm gonna here, here are his uh, players that he's picked so far. I really like how he's going about building his team. It's very young. This is exactly how I do it. I don't take older guys. I will always I will always go to the guy that only has a year or two in the league. Keenan Allen, he he grabs at two three. Mike Evans at two ten. Uh, then Aaron Rodgers right at three four. Um, yep. You missed Brandon, Brandon Marshall, Cooks? though. At, uh, at, at, yeah, but I had Brandon Marshall at oh. 112. Oh, well, oh, that's right. Yeah, Brandon Marshall at 112. Brandon Cooks at 4-4. Four, four. And, Mike, uh, the other one that I wanted to talk Oh, Jordan Matthews at 4-10. So uh, he's just really hey. building a young squad here. What? Well, the, the, lo- the thing I loved hearing uh, Frank talk about was uh, – you know, he, he, he wants to be a GM of his team. He's a general manager, he's an owner, and he's a coach at the same time, Frank. I love that. I mean, you want to build and get the uh, uh, the different separation and with older and younger guys, and uh, it sounds like you're going young, and, man, there's nothing wrong with oh. that because, and I mean, Jordan we're Cameron. talking about dynasty. Yeah. I mean, we're, yeah. we're talking dynasty, and, and this is, you know, this is to build for the future, but yet it sounds like that you've already got a team uh, set in place that might compete this year. Well, I, I guess we should add that uh, those first three picks, I, I no longer have Brandon Marshall or Keenan Allen uh, or Mike Evans. I've, I've since traded them uh, for, for other picks. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait, Frank. So you, you traded both of them? Yeah. yeah. Marshall and Allen were kind of easy. Letting go of Mike Evans, him being sort of the prototypical wide receiver that I want on my team, he was a little harder. But, you know, I'm just starting out here, and uh, I think that, uh, there's, you know, uh, there are going to be a lot of misses. So I'm sort of taking, uh, uh, you know, the approach that the, the more picks that I have, uh, what I'm going to miss, but I'm going to hit on a few of them too. Gotcha. So, and and uh, Frank Shinnick is our guest, bright side of life uh, in the Dynasty Football World Championship League. Uh, also Jordan Cameron there. Do you still have him on your squad? Did he survive the, the round of trade? Yeah. Yeah, he survived. <laughs> uh, I, I've, I've got Rogers, uh, Cooks. Uh, Matthews, Jordan Cameron, uh, and I just picked uh, Allen Robinson. Okay, well, Frank, if if you had to if you had to have a starting lineup right now, uh, quarterback, a uh, couple running backs, uh, wide receivers, tight end, who would it be? Oh, who would my dream team be? No, no, your team right now. Well, my team right yeah, now. You're gonna have to assemble uh, some running backs here eventually. Who, oh, okay. I don't wanna, right. But he I, doesn't want to give. He doesn't want to give away his targets. I mean, you can't ask him to give away his targets oh, in the draft. Oh, okay, He's okay. Still, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I, I forgot you guys are still uh, drafting through it. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're only yeah, they're, in the they're, seventh, they're, we're only in the seventh round. I don't have any running backs yet. 
Okay, okay. No, I, 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 I I'm I sorry. I don't, I don't blame you one bit. No, I don't. I, look, I, I'm the exact same way, Frank. I, when I drafted in the mock draft, I did not worry about running backs one bit. I mean, I grabbed guys like Trey Mason later. Uh, I didn't. I didn't care. Um, I'm, I'm not worried about my. And I don't know if you've ever heard my philosophy on on dynasty startups, but I, I don't care about team construction. I really don't. I'll figure that out eventually. We, we, that's why it's a trade league, right? We, we can trade and wheel and deal our way back into a, a, star, a, a certain lineup. All I care about is the trade value while I'm on the clock. Who represents the highest trade value on my squad? If it's another running, if it's another quarterback, you know, I'll take it. I don't, I don't think tra- quarterbacks have much yeah. trade value. I've seen guys, you know, I saw a guy in one of the dynasty leagues. He drafted Matt Stafford at his, as his QB two in like in round six, thinking he was going to pull a slick one and trade him later. Well, guess what? He got stuck. And nobody would trade that second quarterback for him. He had to take pennies for Stafford. That'll always backfire with the quarterbacks. Well, but wide receivers, young wide receivers, and young and running backs are always hard to come by in dynasty. Have you ever noticed that, Frank? Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with everything everything you said, and that's that's my philosophy. I mean, I have Aaron Rodgers, but I think he's the number one. Uh, I think he's number one redraft in Dynasty right now, and I think uh, hopefully if he stays healthy, uh, he'll be there for uh, several years to come. So I didn't have any problem taking him. Yeah. No, Aaron well, Rodgers thing nice about Frank, especially uh, for Dynasty. Yeah, one, one, one thing about it, Frank, is uh, when I was in uh, a re, redraft in uh, one of the Hyper Leagues, uh, Ron McDowell, he does a great job on those, uh, by the way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I just sat there and, you know, I redrafted just like that. I wasn't looking for the future. I won back-to-back championships, and now I'm stuck in a mire of a bunch of nothing. So, yeah. you know, well, it, Mike, you also it, it, you also had a buzzer meter on ten one night, and I think you traded away Aaron Rodgers for Matt Schaub and a draft pick or something. I mean, it was brutal. It was it was it was brutal. <laughs> you were you were you yeah, were really but, high on Schaub. You remember that? You remember how high you were on Schaub back in the day? When oh, Schaub I was. Oh, big time, big time. But then again, you got to remember back in the day, I did trade LT for the one pick, number one pick. You have a couple of you have a couple of dynasty titles. I'm not going to doubt your talent. You, I have seen you win a couple of titles, and that's very hard to do. Ryan McDowell, he's never had a, a hyper title as good as his teams are in those leagues. He's never had a hyper title. Frank, real quick, uh, for the dynasty world championship, you uh, you did mention that you're you're trying to gobble up picks. That's your strategy. You've been willing to wheel and deal. Would you consider uh, talk about talk about the uh, the, the future uh, picks for next year? What are your thoughts on those and what you've seen going on in this league? That's very intimidating for people. The new players that I've that I've talked to, they don't really understand what's going on with next year's picks, and that's kind of why they're like, I don't know, should I hang on to them? Should I trade them? And usually they trade them because they can't help themselves. Talk about the the value of the of next year's picks and and what you've seen in your draft so far. All right. Well, I guess I could tell you that uh, I've picked up three first-round picks for next year, so I've got four. Nice. Um, nice. From from what I'm hearing, it's supposed to be a good uh, running back draft. Uh, so that sort of just fits right in with uh, I want to go wide receiver heavy, and I'm going to pick up my running backs in spots and, and, and along the way. Uh, as far as the value, I think it is a hard thing, especially being new to Dynasty. I really didn't know – uh, it's, there seems to be a consensus that you know first round pick for next year is is uh, is, is uh, worth a seventh this year you know approximately, um, but you know I'm certainly seeing it go uh, a little bit lower than that uh, you know sixth round picks and then I'm I'm looking at 
at how early the rookies go in this draft, uh, would, would we have um, uh, Evans, Evans in the second round, and Evans and Watkins in the second round, and then Sankey and Hyde at the three-four turn. So, uh, top four it, picks, I guess yeah, top it, four rookie picks yeah. are going to be extremely valuable. Yeah. And that's one thing you bring up a good point because I, we had one of the one of the guests on a while back. Uh, his, well, Cavalier King Charles taught me this, right? Norm Cruz. He's a, he's one of the avid dynasty players. He's in the dynasty world championship. He has several teams in it. And one of the things he I always saw one. him do was he. He would start to scout out how good the teams were looking midway through the draft. So right about now, Frank, he would he would take out um, he would start he always evaluates how well the teams look, and so he's trying to scout out who's my uh, you know you know when you're have you ever watched Rounders you know my favorite movie Rounders and he, and he's and he's looking um, he's looking for his uh, his mark at the table. You know, if you can't spot your yeah. sucker in the first five minutes at the table, you ought to sucker. He's, he's spotting out who he thinks is going to have the weakest team at the end of year one, and that's the, that's the rookie pick that he wants. Because, man, if you get the one pick and you get Todd Gurley, that guy's the next Adrian Peterson coming up. Melvin Gordon, he looks fantastic as well. You, you're right about the running backs, but I love Todd Gurley. If you can get the one pick in this draft, you are, you are you're fantasy gold next year because Gurley will go, I'm kidding you not, Gurley will go in the end of the first, maybe early second in the dynasty startups. I'm, I'm, I'm marking it. I'm telling you right now, Gurley's got, Gurley's well, that good. Let me just interject that uh, that Norm Cruz is in this draft, and he, between him and I, we have nine first round picks next year. So <laughs> nine of the first round uh, uh, wow. rookie picks uh, next year. And yeah, uh, yeah that's. <laughs> He uh, he just made. I made a trade with him um, just recently. Uh, he scooped Devonte uh, Adams, uh, which I thought was okay. a really good pick. I would have taken him, but yeah. uh, he he got me to move him. But uh, uh, I agree. Uh, I agree. Um, I I think there there are a few uh, uh, from what I can see a few guys in this draft that that, that really know what they're doing. So Frank, Frank you're, uh, you're, you're, yeah, go ahead, Mike. Last question. Yeah. No, I, I was just going to say uh, you're really enjoying this, and uh, it's what it's all about, man. It's, uh, you know, I, I can hear the passion in your voice about, uh, you know, getting into this and uh, especially being the owner and GM of your team. You know, that's what it's all about. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, I love it. Hey, we all do, man. We're all we're all addicts in this world. I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it, and uh you're welcome back on Red versus Blue anytime, my man. Uh, good luck in the rest of the draft, and uh, keep on rocking. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, for having me uh, call in, and uh, you guys do a great job. Uh, keep up the good work. Oh, thank Appreciate you very it, much, Brian. Frank Shinnick, uh, bright side of life in the Dynasty Football World Championship. Good luck to Frank. Always good to have our players calling us up, Mike. Let's let's talk about uh, the rest of this show. We wanted to talk about the comeback candidates tonight on Red vs. Blue. Last week, we had Brad Cruz on the air. He talked about – he's one of the best high-stakes players in the world. He talked about breakout players. This week, we want to talk about comeback candidates, Mike. Comeback candidates. There's some some names that keep – that are are, – look, you can always do the injury guys, right? The injury guys are easy to talk about. You could talk about Jeremy Macklin. You could talk about Arian Foster. Uh, you could talk about Doug Martin. You can talk about um, th- those types of guys that have sustained an injury last year, and will they come back? But guys that are more interesting to me 
are guys that didn't look good last year when they were healthy, right? And would okay. they be considered a comeback? So let's talk about the Trent Richardsons. Let's talk about the Dwayne Bowes. Let's talk about the Hakeem Nicks and the Marquez Colstons. These are the guys that are – which of these guys are going to be able to break out and overcome their funk, if any, right? Uh, so, so let's start with Dwayne Bowe. Uh, he, he's been a guy that, you know, used to be considered a wide receiver one. You remember those days? He, he used to be considered a wide oh, receiver yeah. one. Alex Smith comes to town. He needs a wide receiver one to throw to. It's pretty much a running offense, but there have been some big issues on that offensive line. They've lost three or four now offensive starters on that offensive line. So I'm trying to look ahead. I'm not looking at last year. I'm looking at this year. If you lost three or four guys on the offensive line, chances are that maybe the ground game's not going to be as effective as it was, even though Jamal Charles is one hell of a talented back. He's one of the best we've seen in a long, long time. But the question is, can Alex Smith adapt, and if the ground game is not efficient, can he start to air it out? And we know he can. He looked okay with, with, uh, with Crabtree when Crabtree started to get things going. So Dwayne Bowe right now is an afterthought. He is not even on anybody's radar. He's not a guy that you want in your wide receiver three. He's not really a guy that you really care about as your wide receiver four. He's, I mean, at this point in his career, he just hasn't been that dependable the last couple of years. So he's going as wide receiver 50 right now in the 10th, I'm sorry, the 11th round, pick 11-2, 11-3. That's where he's going right now. But apparently he's in the best, uh, the best shape he's been in uh, in a while, uh, or he, he said in his life. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you think about this? The, he's 210 pounds. He's losing, he, he shed a couple – he shed some weight. He says he feels like he's in the best shape of his life, the way OTAs are going. I mean, look, it's June. He came back in phenomenal shape. But 2010, 2011, he just he, – you've, you've been frustrated, and if you, already, if you still have him on your dynasty team, it's probably because no takers. So what do you think, Alex Smith, Dwayne Bowe, do you think – I mean, he's going to turn 30 in August. Do you think he, you think he can have a 1,000-yard season? No. Real quick, no. no. Uh, I, okay. I, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Uh, Dwayne Bowe, I mean, he had flashes of brilliance in early in his career. But uh, right now, I, I don't like the, uh, the way it sets up with uh, him and Alex Smith. Alex Smith can't throw long. I like – I think that uh, Dwayne Bow he loves to go long, but uh, he can't, you know, can't do it if if a guy's not slinging it to him. Uh, you know, it just doesn't make what? sense to me when I'm uh, looking at, uh, you know, other people on that list. I mean, Colston and Trent Richardson, but I can I cannot go with Dwayne Bow. Can't do it. I will tell you this: he's in. He's 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 healthier. You know, I know, I know Colston's also talking about health. We're going to talk about him. Uh, but he doesn't have that degenerative knee that, that Colston may have. And do you remember in the Colts' uh, playoff game how effective Alex Smith to Dwayne Bowe was? Eight for 150 in a touchdown, Mike. Eight for 150 right. in a touchdown in that game. Well, that, well and, I'll tell you that. that okay. What, what, what were you going to say? I mean, it was, it was an effective game, and it was nice to see. I mean, matter of fact, One, we were all kicking ourselves. We were all kicking ourselves because we didn't take him in our playoff contest. We're like, oh, gosh, you, if you don't have Dwayne Bowe, you're screwed now, right? Because, you know, he did come through one in that game, game. One game doesn't win you a championship. 
But but it was one game without Jamal Charles. And my point that I'm trying to make is that if the offensive line has trouble, I'm I'm not I'm not predicting that he's going to be out. You let me finish. Let me finish. If there's if there's offensive line issues and you're not relying on Jamal Charles as much because the offensive line is you know three four new guys on that offensive line. I mean how how easy is it to replace three or four starters on your offensive line? It's not easy. That's all I'm saying. All right, next candidate. Next candidate, Hakeem Nix. Now, I was talking to uh, somebody, and I live here in Indianapolis. Obviously, I get to to hear – we do get to hear some things from time to time. We heard that Donald Brown was not going to be re-signed by our Colts insider. Nobody – everybody was like, what are you talking about? You're not going to re-sign Donald Brown. Of course you're going to re-sign. I'm like, I'm telling you, the Colts insider here uh, that that we're talking to says that Donald Brown's not going to be re-signed. Remember when we talked about that? Uh, We've also heard so far this offseason – that Trent Richardson, that the team completely believes in Trent Richardson, that they're going to give him the ball, that even though Vic Ballard, it was his job before Trent Richardson, that it's Trent Richardson's job to lose, and they're going to give him a, a ton of carries if he can, if he can handle it. And they, they love what they're seeing from Trent Richardson. But as far as Hakeem Nix goes, we're hearing that this is what Andrew Luck has been wanting for a while, a big, Bingo. reliable target in the red zone. They thought that they had a big target in Darius Hayward Bay, and what a you know, come on, really? Uh, we you know we we didn't even really need to uh, question whether that was going to work. We knew that wasn't going to work. But Dwayne Bowl, uh, they, they we keep hearing from our Colts insider that Dayrick Rogers is not in the plans. He's not in the equation. He's far down the list. Uh, so that breakout talk needs to kind of slow down a little bit. And that it's Hakeem Nix, it's T. Y. Hilton. And it's a healthy Reggie Wayne. Now, Reggie Wayne qualifies as a comeback candidate, but is it really fair? Because he got hurt. That's the only reason he wasn't, you know, he wasn't uh, effective there, right? Uh, but Reggie right. Wayne is healthy. Uh, and they say if Reggie Wayne isn't going to produce, it's not because of his injury. It would be because he suddenly shows some age, which is entirely possible at his age. So what do you think about Hakeem Nix, Andrew Luck uh, in 2014? <laughs> I'm just laughing so hard because – Hockey Knicks is going to be a monster. He's going to be a leader. He's going to be a leader amongst the wide receivers. I mean, how cool position is that to be in, to be a leader amongst your wide receivers when you know you have Reggie Wayne right with you, and then you have Andrew Luck, who's still learning the system, but is becoming, I mean, wow. Uh, Hockey Knicks, by the way, yeah, big time. Let, let me let me Thumbs let me put up. you to the test, dude. Let me put you to the test. I, I'm not right. I'm not real uh, I'm not real high on his upside. I do believe that it exists. I know that it's there, but it didn't. I mean, Cruz, Cruz or Nick, nor Nick. So I'm not really blaming Nick for the ineffectiveness last year. I think uh, pay, uh, Eli and that entire injured offense had a lot to do with it. Uh, but let me tell you where he's going. Wide receiver 41 right now, ADP of 100. He's going in the ninth round, Mike, so right around the same area as when you're taking Kelvin Benjamin and Jordan Matthews. So I'm going to give you a couple of names on this list because you think he's going to break out. Would you take him over uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Knicks or Sanders? Who? Knicks or Sanders? I would take Sanders. Okay, Knicks or Golden Tate? Knicks. Knicks or Marquez Colston? That's who we're getting ready to talk about. Uh, boy, that's a that's a toss up. You're kind of high on Colson. Okay, Knicks and Austin. Tavon Austin. 
Our next. Knicks or Terrence Williams, your your cowboy. Knicks, Knicks. I mean, Knicks. Knicks yep. and Knicks or Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace. Yeah. Okay. So you you got him. You have him somewhere right around that thirty five range, that wide receiver three range. Yeah. You're probably going to yeah. end up spending a uh, a set a end of the seventh, early eighth round pick on on Knicks is what you're going. What I'm hearing. You're going to spend around a seventh yeah. or an eighth round pick on Knicks. Uh, and that's yeah, I fair. love okay. him. Uh, I love. Yeah. No, it's okay. Marquez Colston is a is a guy that you're you're high on. I'm not. He feels completely different, is what he's saying. Uh, due to the injuries, the nagging injuries that he's had, uh, we first heard about the degenerative knee uh, knee from Steve Waremski, uh, and he runs our backyard uh, brawl leagues. Uh, he now is a resident uh, scout at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Uh, but Colston, uh, look, uh, I completely watched. I watched what he had in the tank last year, and it wasn't much. You know, it just. It just wasn't much. He finished as wide receiver 26. So let's, let's put this in perspective for a second. He was a wide receiver three. He was a wide receiver three. And, it, and at times he just could not get separation from the top corners in this league, right? When he is faced up with a top corner, forget it. Forget it. He One of 11 against New England, two of 15 against Chicago, uh, four of 27 against Seattle, right? Now, against Carolina – Breakout game, 9 of 125. This was the bounce-back game uh, after they got pounded by the Seahawks in Week 14. 9 of 125 and two touchdowns. All of a sudden, Week 14, if you made the playoffs in the World Championships, Marquez Colston is leading you to the bank. Week 14, you know, 9 of 125 and two touchdowns. How many points? That's 33 fantasy points for Colston. Next week, 8 of 92 and a touchdown. There's another 25-point week. Where is this coming from? Marquez Colston is leading to the championship. Then 5 of 63, 6 of 67, uh, 2 of 16 against Philadelphia. Totally inexcusable, but they did win the game. They really relied on the ground game in that game. And then at Seattle, where does this come from? Against the best corners in the league, 11 for 144 and a touchdown. 11 for 144. he, He was very hard to read. I don't understand. It was like... He just didn't show up, and then sometimes he did. So, uh, look, there were some monster games there. And believe me, if a player can put up 25 and 35-point games against Seattle late in the season and Carolina in the playoff weeks, I'm, I'm interested. But I don't know how interested, Mike. What do, what do you think? Yeah, the, the, I think the games are they're going to be very sporadic. Uh, you, you just don't know what you're going to get uh, when you, when you get with him, uh, yeah, especially uh, in the uh, in the world of fantasy football. You you have to make sure that you're going to get uh, get those first 13 weeks and get what you can get without out of him. I mean, it's just too iffy, too iffy. Yeah. Well, they they got rid of Darren Sproles, so look, Pierre Thomas is going to get some of those balls. Maybe Kerry Robinson learns how to catch. Uh, they did get rid of Lance Moore, too. So this is interesting. You get rid of Lance Moore, you get rid of Darren Sproles, and you replace them with a rookie, Brandon Cooks. And what else do you have? You've got Jimmy Graham still, and you have Colston. And you have uh, – well, we talked about oh, – we didn't talk about Kenny Stills. So Kenny Stills would be, in my opinion, he's the guy that's primed for the biggest leap. Unless Brandon Cooks, who's a very talented young rookie, 
yeah. uh, decides to leapfrog him, right, and, and, and become more involved in the offense, and he takes that Lance Moore role. Uh, Kenny Stills is not going to fill the Lance Moore role. He's just not. Uh, he's going to fill the – he's trying to fill the Robert Meacham role, the deep ball guy, right? And so Cooks can come in with his speed and just his overall playmaking ability. He could come in and be that uh, be that Lance Moore role for – and that security blanket for uh, Drew Brees. I like Brandon Cooks. Uh, what's another name here on the comeback candidates? Jonathan Stewart. Uh, man, is mm. this a joke? He's the healthiest yeah. he's been since 2011. And do you remember how high everybody was on Jonathan Stewart? I mean, pre-injury oh, yeah. days? And, and I don't even remember how long it's been with injuries. I mean, 2011, 2012, 2013, he's been injured forever, forever. I don't even have a good comparison. I mean, he's been injured yeah. for a long, long time. He's just never been himself. So if he's completely healthy, I remember how high everybody was. I just have no faith in him. You, but know, you can get him for an absolute song. Yeah, you, you can, Scott. Uh, it's it's going to be a real chance. Even if he is absolutely healthy coming in to the beginning of the year, I don't know if that's a good pick. I mean, I, I don't think. I mean, it's a loaded. It's it's it, it's a it's a wild back. D'Angelo Williams is going as RB fifty right now. Uh, they did yeah. lose Steve Smith. They have Kelvin Benjamin, a rookie, to replace him. I mean, somebody's got to get some scoring and and things going on right. here. It's well, just, that's, just that's a good point. Every fantasy year is different. Every fantasy year is different, and it takes on a life of its own. And, and you know, we're going to know so much more after week one of the season. Everything's going to be so much clearer. We're going to be like, oh, my gosh, I didn't draft him anywhere. I mean, if Jonathan Stewart were to get off and get 120 yards and two touchdowns and be healthy, in the, you know, at the beginning of the season, you'd be like, oh, whoever drafted yeah. Jonathan Stewart in the 15th round is now fantasy gold. Uh, <laughs> So you have well, to think no, about no. the side when you, when you think about players. Oh, uh, let me make that little chat again. Uh, uh, no, not necessarily, Scott, because how many week one or twos stars end up being failures? Uh, week one and week two start. No, it, it does happen. Look, week one, everybody's going to be bidding on these guys if they if they didn't have them on their team. You're gonna you're gonna if a guy gets twenty points in week one in the in the in the in what we're calling the scout fantasy format now in the blind bidding world, no. somebody's going to bid eight hundred bucks for that twenty point guy in week one, no matter who he is. If he's a complete no yeah. name, I mean, remember Marquez Colson? He was a no name at one point. Had a big week Heck one. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it happens. But and, and and how many how many times do those week ones that score uh, twenty five thirty points? Yeah, holding. Week two, nothing. Three, nothing. Yeah. Four, nothing. Yeah, no, it, it happens. It happens. Uh, Henry Muto brings up a good one. Bold in two thousand three, you either, you had to make a decision if you didn't draft him. What were you going to do after you saw what he did in week one? Uh, I remember three. that because I'll I go dra- three week one. I, I, I scored my first uh, WCOF league title with uh, Anquan Bolden, and I drafted him in the 20th round. Ralph and I, we were in Vegas, and we drafted him in the 20th round. And Yeah, Ogletree, there you go. That's the name. And, look, yep. everybody went uh, – that, that, that happened on Thursday morning. Thursday and we had our game. drafts on We had our drafts on Friday and Saturday, and so people started yep. drafting Ogletree in, like, eighth and seventh and eighth and ninth round. You know, it was crazy. He didn't do anything we after that. Uh, Dennis Pitta, another comeback candidate, looking to bounce back. 
I have Dennis Pitta in my uh, 1250 Dynasty, and uh, I'm not too excited about it. I'm not, I'm not thrilled about owning him. I believe that Owen Daniels is a, uh, you know, obviously reunited uh, here with this, with this, with this coaching staff. I, I like seeing Owen Daniels uh, kind of get his career going uh, again. This is Gary Kubiak. Uh, he has a history with Owen Daniels, and I can oh, see. Yeah. I mean, look. Most people, most people that I know have Dennis Pitta penciled in for 70 and 800, right? And I could easily yep. see that. But I could just as easily see those roles reversed, and I could see Owen Daniels getting the 60 and 700 and 5. You know, uh, I think Daniels is really going to hurt Dennis Pitta from being a tight end one. I think Pitta is now a tight end two. I honestly would prefer Zach Ertz. Ladarius Green, I would rather draft for upside and, and not take Dennis Pitta. He's drafted right now at tight end number nine. I would prefer to pass on Pitta. I would take Green. I would take Ertz. Uh, Olsen for sure. Olsen for sure over Pitta, without a doubt. And maybe even Kyle Rudolph. I'm not 100% sold on Kyle Rudolph, but I'm not as high on Dennis Pitta anymore. Well, Scott, let me uh, let me kind of bend your ear a little bit. Uh, we got a lot of great rookie tight ends uh, that have come out of the draft. Uh, how would you uh, how would you rate the uh, the rookie tight ends out of the draft? I mean, there's probably four or five of them. Well, uh, I'm 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 more of a I like Ebron. Uh, I would not be, I'm, I would not draft him as high. Look, he's going to fit right in with uh, the offense in Detroit, and I think that Pettigrew is still going to be used. Uh, quite a bit in that offense uh, as a blocking tight end. He's going to be he's going to be put more into right. that role, but he's also a red zone threat. Uh, I could I definitely think that Ebron will outperform Pettigrew, but not early in the career. I'm never a guy that's going to say that Ebron is he's going to be a stud out of the gate. So he's being way overdrafted right now. He's being overdrafted. Sure. I would not take him. I would definitely take the the second year guys and the third year guys ahead of him. I would take Ladarius Green. I would take Zach Ertz. I would take Charles Clay. I would take Tyler Eifert. I don't have any faith in Austin Safarian Jenkins yet. I do like him. I love Jason Morrow. I love Jason Morrow. I think he will be the cool. unsung hero of the draft. Uh, Michael Vick or Geno Smith, whoever has um, whoever's the starting quarterback for the Jets, I think will find a way because Decker's going to be faced with with uh, number one corners in the league, right? He's right. going to be faced with number right. one corners. That's going to be new for him. It's going to be an adjustment period for Decker. Now, he did do it for a little bit there with Tim Tebow, but I'm not, I'm not looking at that. It's going to be a little bit of an adjustment for them to be able to get the ball to Decker as a wide receiver one in that role. So I, I look for the slot, uh, Curly, to be fairly effective, and I look for the tight end to be mass effective. I think Jason Morrow fits right into that offense. He's being underdrafted right now. But there's a lot of good guys in front of him. I mean, would I take him over Martellus Bennett? No way. Would I take him over Tyler right. Eifert? Maybe. Would I take him over Charles Clay? No way. No. There's a, there's a, it's a really good deep tight end class this year. Um, it is. So, it, anyway. It, you know, that's question. why – yeah, that, that's why I asked the question. It's, it's a very deep tight end class. And, uh, you know, it was kind of interesting uh, to hear your thoughts on that because uh, – you know, do you take him over, over this guy or that guy? But, uh, you know, I, I love Jason Morrow myself. I, I really think he has a lot of upside, and I think he, he he will do well in the situation. 
Uh, other comeback candidates would include Steve Smith, uh, Stevie Johnson, you know, guys that uh, look like they're on the wrong side of their career. I'm not going to put in the Julio Jones and make him your comeback player of the year. Any website that does that should be ashamed of themselves, right? Julio Jones yeah. is not your comeback player of the year, okay? Uh, it's, not, it's not right. That's not how this, uh, this, this uh, category is supposed to work. I could see you putting a Reggie Wayne down. Uh, I would be okay with that because at this stage in career. But I would rather call him uh, Emil Cadillac and football diehards. They call him, he calls them the oldies, but the oldie but goodie. An oldie but goodie. You know, one of those old guys that usually if you have him an anchor on your team like a Bolden uh, you know, or, or a Wayne – uh, somebody that that or Steve Smith, somebody an oldie but a goodie. I kind of like throwback too. I, I might I might want to name ours of uh, the throwback player. Um, yeah, but, but they, that would that would qualify for me. A Miles Austin, okay, that would that would qualify as a as a as a deep comeback player. I mean, can you imagine if if you if you called Miles Austin your comeback player of the year and as a <laughs> wide receiver one for Cleveland and maybe Johnny Manziel, uh, he he becomes right. a, a, a relevant fantasy. Right. <laughs> Crazy, uh, Mike. Look, this is a, this is a, this show's been sponsored by Scout. I didn't mention uh, the Scout Fantasy Football World Championship. Scout is now the official uh, title sponsor for the Fantasy Football World Championship. If you have a question for the World Championships or you'd like to know more, you can email me Scott at fftoolbox.com. We also want to see you on our new forums at scoutfantasy.com. You'll see the message boards there. Please get uh, involved and join up, and let's get uh, the fantasy forums kicked off. They just kicked off today. Uh, I've been posting a couple things, uh, and our writers have been the last couple of days. But we want to see our players over there. And uh, look on Twitter at Red Blue Radio. You can you can find me on Twitter. You can find us at FF Toolbox, and of course play FFWC. The draft and go was a tremendous amount of fun on Tuesday nights. If you want to play a draft and go, they're ninety nine dollars. We did announce the Scout uh, Fantasy Satellites are, are launching. It's, it's amazing that we, uh, we both launch them on the exact same day, $34.95. They will be opening July 1st, July 1st, $34.95 to play. First place receives a free entry into the Roto Bowl. Second place, $50. So you can do either the $250 cash or the $279 for the entry. Second place, $50 uh, cash. $35 leagues Sweet. should be a big hit on scout.com, Mike, because the average fantasy fan, yeah. they, they're just wanting to get their feet wet and play in your format and try out your software. And so yeah. it should be a big hit for, for uh, the scout community uh, and the 30 million fantasy people that uh, play fantasy. Yeah, that sounds awesome, uh, Scott. I mean, it's way to do it. Mike, we also didn't get to talk about Dree Archer compared to Jamal Charles already. I can't believe it. Uh, the Jamal Charles comparison is already happening for Dree Archer. He's a speedy guy, but he'll never make it in the NFL. He's too small. The impact of Jeremy Hill on Giovanni Bernard I think could be substantial. He's going to get a lot of I carries. I, w- I, I could honestly see uh, Jeremy Hill getting 200 carries. I still think Giovanni Bernard is a top 10 back. But Hill may keep him from being top five, Mike. That's my only concern. That's all the time we got. I, hey, I agree, so Mikey. What do you got? What do you got planned for tomorrow? Hey, uh, not much. We're just gonna play a little golf and uh, Chamber of Commerce golf tournament. How about you? All right, well, thank you. Uh, we have a, a graduation party for my nephew uh, Devin. Beautiful. And uh, we've been going out on the trails with the kids on the B and O. A lot of fun getting the getting the boys Simon and Elson out on the B and O trails. So. A lot of fun for us. I'm going to have another day, good day tomorrow, outdoors. Make sure you spend it outdoors. 
thank you for being part of Red versus Blue and being a listener. Thanks, we'll guys. see you guys next week, and uh, see you then. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.